following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022, season 18, episode number one. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Why are you looking like that? You didn't know this is episode one? I guess not. We did start. We did start the new okay. calendar year, right? Like we're we, here. We're going. We're going back to the numbers. What numbers? Just kidding. What? What numbers? McBride. Oh, you mean like the the jersey numbers? I mean, you got a one. You want to throw it out there? No, I don't know who the number one is going to be this year. Sick. though. It, it'll I'm be laughing. interesting. There'll be some people fighting for it if they're not already. Really? Yes. Number one. It's no. It's the number one. I mean, everybody Everybody's wants want that. It. They still want it. They. That's what they. They're not too far removed from college where that's a big deal. So yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I would. I don't. I really don't know this. I would think Tony Pollard, Kelvin Joseph, those guys. Because they had it in college. Oh well, Tony did have it in college, right? Yeah. You know what so, you're telling me? Somebody will get into it. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some of these recent signings. Talk about some big picture stuff around the defense and offense and where they have to go from here, knowing what's happened so far in free agency. Uh, and then we might, if we have enough time, we might start a little bit, uh, a little bit extra this week of getting ready for draft. Have a couple of these guys give us some of their thoughts on guys that they think could possibly be there at 24. We'll do that over the next four or five weeks getting ready for the draft uh, and let you guys know what thoughts are, what thoughts we have around those players that might be there. Uh, let's start first with the recent signings. I'm going to throw out a name, and then you guys tell me what's the deal and tell me your thoughts on the deal. We'll go around the table, and you guys can talk about it. Let's start first with Dante Fowler. Uh, he was signed by the Cowboys. Uh, what were your thoughts on that deal? What was the deal, first of all, and, and what were your thoughts on it? I, I, don't, I don't even remember the numbers, honestly. I thought it was 1-3. Yeah, all I know it was all underneath fourteen, like combined. That's <laughs> what I know. Uh, the Dante Fowler move is a is it was a pivot move um, after you know Randy situation, and then they they were like, all right, we're going to get Dorrance, we're going to get another guy, and you know this is a this is a Dan Quinn type signing of somebody that he's coveted uh, two other times in his life, and uh, this is the third time that he got him in. So I think he's a, he's just a. Another pass rusher, another body who's had some potential. I mean, he's had some big years at times, but you know, we'll see how they use him here. We can just put all of this under the same umbrella. Like they reached under the table and grabbed the big old Dallas Cowboys free agency playbook with the star on it and opened it up, and they're just following it page by page. Mm-hmm. After Randy, yeah, yeah, because the Randy thing was like, we're just going to do this, and then this is this is not smart. But we're gonna do it, and then the, and it was gonna mess up everything else. It was gonna that was why that thing was under the table. But once Randy did that, then it's like we'll go back to what we. I would argue that the Randy thing would have fit under the purview of what they do, considering re-signing your own, your own, yeah, not breaking the bank to do it, but a deal that both sides can agree on. And they pivoted to signing about five guys with the money instead, but like re-signing your own player. 
at not the top of the market still fits under what they prefer to do, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Dante Fowler was a top five pick. He hasn't achieved that potential. They love signing guys like that. They've done it the whole time I've been here. I don't really have any comments. I'm like, sorry, it's like you get these guys. We got uh, a new guy that's outside here. And he comes here. He does an interview. I forgot with who. I don't know if it was with Britt or, or you, Dante, Nick. Yeah, you talked to but, Britt, yeah. Um, they do the interview. He sounds excited. You know, everybody that comes here is like, yeah, I've always wanted to play here. It's exciting. And you're just, at least me, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, okay, you seem like a nice guy. I like you so far. Okay, let's see what you do. That's, that's good that you're happy. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> I'm not happy just yet, you know, like it, right now I'm just having a hard time. And I, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be excited or should be excited either way. But it's just one of those things that right now, yes, good, add some depth, get ready for the draft, back yourself up where you're not having completely holes, like full on holes in your in your list. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not excited. Well, let me ask you this. They they also added Dorrance Armstrong. Do you think that at this point they have enough at defensive end uh, to be able to keep Michael Parsons where they want him, which is kind of a guy, a guy that's kind of roaming around playing linebacker? Or do you think there's still they still need more and he provides that more at defensive end? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the strategy that I would move forward with. I mean, Micah Parsons is going to rush the passer. Absolutely. I don't care if they don't have anybody else. He's going to do it and he should do it. Not full-time, but they have enough here to allow him to continue to be a versatile player. I said this yesterday. um, Zadarius Smith signed in Minnesota. You can't look at the—and I want to be clear. I don't think the Cowboys' pass rush is great as it's currently constructed. But I look out at the free agent market, and I don't see anybody that's worth splashing that kind of money on that's going to make it significantly better. Maybe Did that that opinion change once Zadarius Smith— uh, got signed, or w- when he was still out there, same thing. I might have signed Zadarius Smith, although the money that he got was pretty impressive for yeah. a guy that missed the entire season with a back injury. Um, I don't know that I would have like been excited about that deal for the money. And the same, you know, Clowney's still out there again. Return on investment. What is that? JPP had off-season surgery. He's been in the league for like 12 years at this point. What's your ROI there? I just think I would rather spend that, kind of going back to Nick's point, I'd rather spend that money on three or four other maybe decent players at other spots than try to recapture that magic. And so you got Fowler, Dorrance, Tank, Basham, and Chauncey Golston. Yeah. Fine. Like it's, it's, <laughs> but you Fine, fine. The saving and then you grace. add you add Micah to that and hope that it can be better right, than yeah, fine. Right. And the saving grace to me is that we still have Dan Quinn. And until right. proven otherwise, based on what he shown us last year and what he did with free agent guys, I still have hope and I believe that he can show us and give us a lot more than what these guys have done around the NFL yeah. so far. And that's included with Randy Gregory. I mean, like, Gregory, his best season was last year. We mm. don't know for sure if he can do it without Dan Quinn. I mean, obviously people think that he can. Denver thought he could. But, you know, he he exceeded expectations just like uh, Micah Parsons did, just like Dorrance Armstrong did. 
Diggs. Curse. There's a lot. Curse. There's yeah. a lot of people that had their best season last year, and so you know, we'll only time will tell on on, on all that. Nick, you you had told me in some conversations we'd had that you were kind of interested in a guy like <clears throat> a guy like uh, Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. Do you think that maybe that was a that would have been a better signing than maybe Dante Fowler? Well, Clowney is really more of a. I mean, I wouldn't say he's just a run stopper, but he is a pretty good run stopper. Yeah. He's similar, I think, to, to Demarcus Lawrence. And maybe you don't want him to be your best pass rusher, but he's, he's probably a well-rounded defensive end. I kind of liked that route. They His name has never come up, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what So the they didn't is. like it, obviously. but I don't think they ever have, but that was yeah, – I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would, but I mean, I, I would think – you know, he's probably a lot more expensive than Dorrance Armstrong. And Dorrance is kind of that guy. He's kind of a poor man's clowny, I guess. Yeah. And cl- I mean, and I, I don't say this as in a bad way. I get Maximize your profits, my dude. But, like, clowny is – clowny has, like, a mercenary attitude, which is, fu- which is again, fine. But he's not – I want to wear the star on my helmet and take less money to work with – no, he's like, no, somebody eventually will give me mm-hmm. – Ten million a year or whatever it is that I'm looking for, it'll happen. Even if it takes me until I get to, the I'll season wait until August if I have yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, like he's demonstrated that attitude with his last two or three teams, yeah. and so the Cowboys don't typically strike deals with those types of guys. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Leighton Vanderish, linebacker. He uh, signs a one-year deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on on bringing Leighton back this year? I mean, I like it because of what it, what it does for Micah. I mean, more more depth you have at linebackers, guys that you're okay putting out there, the more it'll free things up for him. Um, I think the money, you know, it's unfortunate what happened to him. I thought one of the teams or a couple teams kind of screwed him over, honestly. Um, but it, that's the way the market what do you mean goes. By that? Well, I think I think there were deals in place, very close to agreed, and then it. Then uh, they switched gears on him, and it just kind of, you know, I think he was thinking it was going to go one way, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, it's not. And then the money dries up kind of quick, and his his number goes down dramatically. But, you know, it's all on tape. I mean, yeah. they had a lot of time. Teams had a lot of time to study this. And so I think he's a fit for certain teams and certain games. There's going to be some games where the teams run the ball a lot, and I think Leighton will, will be a bigger factor. I don't think it was a, a coincidence that, his, in my opinion, best one of his game. best games last year was the San Francisco sure. game. And so when games like that happen, he can help. When he's chasing receivers and tight ends all over the field, it's not going to be great. So I, I think you know, I think gone are the days where he's the all-pro first-round pick howling all over the stadium. I, I think that's gone. But I think he can still have have a value there, and he could be a, a really solid player. And at times he can be a really good player. Yeah, I mean, I, it feels different because he played here. He has always played here, and he's a first-round pick. So you kind of view it through that prism. But, like, strip that away, and it's – Dallas Cowboys signing covers your tracks so you're not forced to draft a linebacker early and you have a veteran who can do it he's not going to light the world on fire probably but you're not paying him that way anyway Mm -hmm. pair I mean so between Micah Layton and Jabril Cox you have like three that you feel okay about I'd like to see them add another one but before the draft like it doesn't have to be Keanu Neal. Apparently, he's switching back to safety anyway. He wants to anyway. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be Keanu Neal. It could be somebody else. But I'd like to see them bring in somebody else again. They do have just Gifford, to, Gifford's back now, right? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he sure. knows that, Derek. He's also saying somebody <laughs> else. All right. A training All right. camp. I just thought. I'd just like thought to see them there. bring in somebody else. Uh, but again, it, it's they're again they're following the playbook. Yeah. They just they're doing what they can to not panic about the positions on their roster so that they can draft purely. Ever. I hate like. You mentioned Luke Gifford, but now it's like I hate when someone gets me excited and then nothing happens. Like, that's another guy that I liked the moment he stepped here and yeah. I saw him at training camp. Well, that used to be like you were like, okay, yeah. Yeah, let's go. because he, like, physically, yeah. he has what you would want in a linebacker and he fit the mold of mm. that linebacker. So he gave me a lot of hope and I was like, enthusiastic about him and really wanting to see what the Cowboys could get out of him and it just never really happened and he's had a few injuries and that just sidelined him but it's just it's it's unfortunate and then and you can go back uh, to Leighton Vanderish another guy that comes in here Sean Lee gets hurt he steps in takes the role Becomes that guy, had an amazing rookie year, and then all of a sudden, because of injuries, again, his game kind of changes, and you're not, you're left to not seeing all that from him anymore. Like, it just hasn't happened. I feel like his game has been declining since when it should really be trending upwards, and it's just, it's just not. But this kind of signing, it's fine. I'm not, I'm neutral right now. I'm just like, if money wise, you know, it's like, okay. What if he? What if there's a guy out there that was, you know, he's played three or four years and he's made a Pro Bowl and you know he's a second round <laughs> pick and he's out there and he's posting pictures on Instagram of his new chiseled body. Would you sign him? You know, we talk about I'm not sh- Jalen Smith. Oh, Jalen. I'm not talking about Wagner. Yeah, I was like, oh. when you said second round pick, I was thinking Wagner. I was like, he's been to more than a Pro Bowl. Right, yeah, about yeah. nine of those. I things. was just saying. You follow him on Instagram? I just checking just, out his body. I've just I've <laughs> seen. I, Jeez. I've, I've seen it. I've seen a lot of people talking about it. Like, look at really? this guy. I haven't even. I've not seen a single pe- person tweet about that. Me either. <laughs> I thought he was still under contract. I did Giants, too, but I, then all the comments said, "Sign this guy, sign this guy." I don't know. <laughs> not, not, not all the comments. Some of the comments, some of them were like, "Swipe left, swipe out here." <laughs> you shouldn't know what that is. I just um, think. Oh, sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. I mean, and, and again, none of these names are like lighting the world on fire. I don't. They're not getting Bobby Wagner. I'm sorry to those yeah. of y'all that think that's going to happen. Hurts my feelings. Unless he brings his price way down. Um, his agent's a problem. Gerard, Gerard Davis, the former first round pick, who <laughs> was with agent. the Lions. Uh, Rashawn Evans, another former first round pick. Yeah, just keep signing these disappointing first round picks. That's it's, it's a winning strategy. Well, but you know, with a guy like Quinn, I don't mind those kind of picks because that's where you might be able to find a guy. Again, if you're going to take the strategy, which I don't know if I love the strategy, but if you're taking the strategy, we're going low budget, then you'd rather take a shot on somebody that maybe at some point someone thought could play. I'm not going. I'm not, if you're looking for over the top optimism, you're not going to get it here. Yeah. But it is a strategy that has paid off more than once. I mean, yeah. Rolando McLean comes to mind. Got some great production out of him for a short time. I know there have been more. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Colombo. You talking Colombo. about just in general or the linebacker? No, just like failed high picks yeah. that came here and kind of resuscitated themselves. Yeah. There's there's more, but you get my point. Yeah, absolutely. Now let me ask you guys this question. Do you think at all that Leonard Davis. we get to yeah, we get to, to middle of this season 
And because my my personal opinion is, I think by the middle of the season, Jabril Cox, if not earlier, Jabril Cox is going to be your starter uh, with Micah. Do you guys see the same thing, or do you think that this in any way affects that them resigning Leighton for this year, uh, for this year, for one year? I mean, I really hope so. I have high hopes for what Jabril Cox can be, but. We didn't. I mean, we talked. If you go back to last training camp, you're like, "It's going to be a fourth round pick. He can't get any snaps. What the yeah. hell's going on?" Yeah. We just we don't know that much about him. We know the potential. He's his skill set is fantastic for the modern day NFL in the mm-hmm. sense that he's good in coverage. He's athletic. Uh, he moves much quicker than your average linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I I hope that he can grab a starting job, but I'm not ready to just give it to him. Especially, he's not done with his ACL rehab, as far as I'm aware. When, when do we expect him back from that? I think I'm not falling into that trap anymore, and I'm not trying to sit on the fence. But so, I mean, he he injured it week six, which it's an eight month recovery. You would think that's plenty of time. Blake Jarwin wasn't a hundred percent ready for training camp after getting hurt in week one. Meanwhile, Demonte Casey, who tears his Achilles in like week five, is ready for the entire offseason program. It's yeah. there's no, yeah. it's not a boilerplate answer, but tearing your ACL in week six should give you a wonderful chance to be ready for training camp in general. All right, um, let's go on and talk real quick about the latest signing, it's Carlos Watkins. Uh, he was just signed, I guess, today, or at least that's the report. Yeah, Thirty minutes today ago, Agreed. that he's been yeah, signed, defensive tackle, which to me is a kind of an unheralded. Pretty good signing for the Cowboys. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Yeah, I think if you realize that that it's you know, and it goes to the Gifford thing too. I mean, if you looked at the big board of one to ninety players and realize how everything goes, I mean, those slots have to be filled, and that's what it is. I mean, they're not all going to be. Oh, this guy is not going to be a Pro Bowler, Carlos Watkins. But he's. But you know, you need five or six defensive tackles that you trust and. He's one of them, and, yeah. and, and he's probably pretty, the most trustworthy of that group. Yeah, I, think, right I thought I thought he was a good signing last year, and I, I don't know exactly what the money is so this year, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not crazy. And mm-hmm. you know, I I think it's a it's one of those guys that's good to have because you don't as good as we think Gallimore can be, and and Tristan Hill and maybe Osa. and Osa, yeah. they're still young and they haven't always been reliable because they haven't been available. And I one thing Carlos Watkins probably gives you. He's probably the third best signing last year behind Jaron Curse and Brian Anger. Mm-hmm. I thought he was he was a useful member of this team. I don't know the money, but like Nick said, I guarantee you it's not huge. I would pencil him in as your starting one te- one technique right now, as long as they don't do something crazy like draft Jordan Davis, which would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I I pencil him as an pen. Damn it, I can't talk. I pencil <laughs> him in as a starter. And I feel fine about that. I, I, yeah, I like that move. Yeah, very solid guy. And, and this is going to be terrible, but I had kind of already forgotten a little bit yeah. about him in free agency yeah. now until this weekend and then today. And you're like, oh, yeah, wait, wait a minute. Yes, that's a good guy to have back. So, yes, he was someone that I was forgetting about, but very, very happy that he's back. Solid yeah. guy for you guys. That's also us. the kind of player he is. Like, I, I remember there have been a number of times I've been watching – games and somebody makes a play and I'm like who is that and I'm like oh that's that's Watkins yeah you know he's that kind of player like he just he kind of tends to just be in the mix and makes a play like I think he's a very very solid player for them no it's not I think he's a very solid player for them and doesn't get that same level of credit that a lot of people get but I think he's a very solid signing for them had 32 tackles last year 
as a guy that like isn't known for his pass rush ability. Yeah. He, only, he had 74 in four years in Houston, 32 last year. Yeah. So I think you know this this scheme works for what he does clearly. And went to the house. He did. Yeah. Scored one of the 22 to score a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. One of the few times was that didn't that happen in the game we were on the sideline there at the end? Yeah. Of the Saints game. One of the game. first times we <laughs> we were on the sideline this year. Yeah. Uh, during the end, at the end of a game. Um, yeah. Brian Anger, punter, back. We'll see. Pretty. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how. No, no, I Nick, say, Nick I put that out there. Excited. No, but... Nick put that out there yeah, though. I know. Uh, like, credit to you. It's a good stat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't do well in these first. He. This is the third time now he's had a three-year deal, and the first year after he gets paid, it doesn't go so well. Yeah. So let's. That's why he's been cut. He. I don't think he's made it to the second year of the of those deals. But well, I've said it a bunch of times. I'll say it again. He knows the value of playing with with um, you know John Fossil and his scheme. His scheme is is very good for punters uh, and the stats and the averages. I think C.J. Goodwin is also good for a punter because he can get down there fast and fair catch and helps your net. So I think this is a good place. The money obviously wasn't great. I said that. Well, it's it's pretty expensive. I mean, he's in the top five or six on average for yeah, punters. That's true. Three million a year. It's it's a big number for a punter. Yeah, it but is. my thing is. If he plays like he did last year, that's well worth $3 million. Like what he does for you in field position and and the way that Bones can work with him, that's well worth $3 million. And if it's not, I cutting a punter is not going to kill your cap. It's like, oh, we have a 1.8 dead cap charge. Like, oh, no, yeah. woe is us. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, too, is... I know, like people. While I cry in bed, <laughs> dreaming about that kind of money. Oh well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's covering the NFL in a yes, nutshell. Yes. Is yeah, just right? numbing yourself to how much money we're just casually talking about. But no, I was gonna say, like, I feel like anybody. There's there's a level of dissatisfaction with how much they're paying their punter. And I, I just, I'm. People are like, "Oh, that money could be going toward Bobby Wagner." I'm like, "Well, that was never gonna go toward Bobby Wagner. So why not just sign the very good punter that yeah. you had? Like, it's, it's fine. Three million dollars is not going to make or break your playoff hopes." He is a punter that does not kick off. So when you still have, don't have a kick, uh, you don't really have a kicker that you that you yeah. trust right now. Um, I don't know if you will um, have a kicker that you trust. Yeah. But but not every team has one. No. But. Just you know, just be prepared. I mean, they're going to sign a, a kicker here probably in the next few weeks and in maybe a few days. And You've been setting everybody up, and like, it's somebody that you've heard of. Don't be disappointed. No. Just know it's coming. Well, and, it's coming. Mm. Would that change? Would that really change things? For and I'm going to direct this to you, Derek. Would that Uh-oh. change things for you of what you think of a guy like Greg Serlin if he was to come back here just on a cheaper deal? That doesn't. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. Like right now, I don't know that there's a lot in free agency that makes me say no. That's absolutely better than Greg Zerline. But I, I would have a problem if they sign him and that's all they do, and they go into next season mm-hmm. with him as their starter. I still think there should be draftable kickers that you think about in this year's draft yeah. that you would possibly bring in, if nothing else, as competition, and then see where it debts out. I do not go into training camp with Greg Zerline being the only kicker on my um, – if they should resign him, that's not going to be the only kicker on my roster yeah. if I were making that Because decision. money never factors into kickers. Yeah. When, when they go up to kick, you expect them to make it. I mean, especially yeah. an extra point. It doesn't I'm, matter if it's like, well, that's what you get with a 500. <laughs> no, you expect the kicker to make it. I'm not I, I'm not dissatisfied <laughs> with Zerline because he's pulling in three and a half no. mil. Oh, look how much money I'm mad because he ain't making it. Dissatisfied because every other time he lines up to make a kick, <laughs> right. it doesn't go in. Right. 
because he makes me sit in my seat during extra points. Well, like, I guess I was trying problem. to look at it from. <laughs> I want to go to the restroom. What are we doing? <laughs> I guess I was trying to look at it from like their perspective of yeah. like you know how they're trying to always get bargains here and there. It's like okay, well at least we know what we got in him. We know how he was last year, but he's a lot cheaper for us this year. Bring him back. And then just kind of because they have done that a lot of times where they just yeah we'll stick with this guy if it, yeah. it was cheap and then yeah. we'll I'm I you said it perfectly Derek it, if if that's what they wind up doing if they bring Greg Zerline back on a cheaper deal that's totally fine with me as long as that I don't have to listen to Bones talk about how he deserves to be the only guy to hold the job. Yeah. Like you got four, four, you got four fifth round picks. You telling me one of those can't be a kicker? Mm-hmm. I don't even care if it's the LSU kid. Just right. bring somebody in. Somebody. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Just somebody. Somebody you think can actually kick the ball and and you know make put it through the uprights. All right, real quick before we go to break, uh, some NFL news that's breaking right now. Uh, just saw this Tyree Kill. Goes to Miami. Miami's getting everybody this offseason. But he goes to Miami. Five draft picks for him. A first, a second, two-fourths, and a sixth for Tyree Kill going to Miami. I don't. I assume this is their goal. Good for Miami. For They're going to know. If, they're aggressive right now. Well, they're going to know if Tua's the guy by the end of this season. Yeah. I mean, if he can't make it work with the talent that they've put around him. They got one of the best left tackles in football. They upgraded him yesterday. Yeah, they signed Teron Armstead. They brought in Tyreek Hill. They already had Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson. They uh, they brought in a running back that Mike McDaniel absolutely loves. Oh, Chase Edmonds. Like Mm -hmm. talents, talent around him and the ability. Don't forget Jalen Waddle's already there. I said that. Yeah, (laughs) you did. Okay. The guys around him are not going to be why Tua doesn't succeed. Yeah, they got they got options now. Connor Williams. Hey. You, we can laugh. I promise you, the Dolphins' offensive line—he's an upgrade of what they had. Their offensive line was a disaster last year. So I'm not laughing. That's the same thing for Cincinnati with Lyle. Like yeah. that's an upgrade for them to bring yeah. Lyle in because Lyle, although they they felt like they had a better option or at least a comparable option here, Cincinnati's offensive line did not. No. And he will be. Is a, he going to wear nice... like a jersey for them, or is he going to wear like a black T-shirt that says like staff on the back? I mean, because yeah. He's like, He's the bodyguard. The bodyguard. Maybe both. Just, the bodyguard's yeah. here. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our first break. When we the come enforcer. back, we're going to jump back in. we got to uh, talk about this defense. And I'm going to ask you guys the bigger picture question about this defense. Essentially, the Cowboys have made the decision they're going to run it back. They pretty much have the, the same lineup from last year, minus Randy Gregory. And the question will be, is that good enough? Or are there things they still need to do on the defensive side of the ball? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it for turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. 
where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Miller Lite proudly presents the first Cowboys Taco Fest at Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium Saturday, May 7th. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo with world-class tacos, drinks, live music, and more. Take advantage of early bird prices with tickets low as $15. Visit SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. That's Taco Fest. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. As I prefaced before the break, let's talk about the defense. Essentially, the Cowboys are running it back. They got uh, pretty much all the players that were key members of this defense back, minus a couple guys like Casey's not coming back, but they did bring back Hooker, who will presumably be their starting free safety. Um, and so you look across this defense, Randy is the big exception. They brought in Dante Fowler. Do you think that's enough? Have they done enough right now on the defense to be at least comparable to what they were last year from a, from a talent standpoint? Comparable, yes. Better, probably not. And honestly, that's that's just football. Like defense varies so much. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the trends. It's it's much harder to sustain a top flight defense year after year than it is an offense. Like the the trends will show you that. The stats will show you that. Um, you know, and, and this I know this has been a hot topic of debate in the time since Randy left. I'm not trying to sell Randy as Von Miller, but he had that freakish level of athleticism that gave this pass rush a lot of juice. And Dante Fowler was a top five pick, but consistently over his career, I don't know if we've seen that. And to be fair, I've watched nowhere near as much Dante Fowler. Need to get on that here in the coming weeks. Um, I just I don't have confidence that their pass rush is going to look as dynamic as it did at times last year. I mean, I think the, I think you have to say though the same thing. Like if you were to to get one guy and get Randy Gregory, you would say the exact same thing though about Dante. Just like you said with Dante Fowler, because you would say he's got the potential to do it, but over the course of his career, he hasn't done it consistently. So. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you you were. I would argue, though, that Randy not doing it is just because he hasn't been around to do it. Like, when he's been on the football field, he's shown that ability. Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, Dante Fowler, though, did the interview the other day, and he, you could tell one thing that was very clear was that he wanted to be here. And that's something I think is very clear about Randy Gregory is that he didn't. So you have to factor that part in, in it as well. Because, I mean, if Randy wanted to be here, he'd be here. He's That's simple as that, right? I mean, yes. You guys are going ghost in the house. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. I mean, he wanted to be here. I mean, you know, and I and, and this whole thing has been frustrating for me. I mean, just listening to it, 
you know, last week we didn't know what was happening when we went on the air because it mm-hmm. sounded like he was having second thoughts or whatever. It but, sounds like there were some conversations. Yeah, but, you but know, for him, but, I mean, I have a huge problem with some of the things Randy has said, but I have a bigger problem with the things Randy has not said. And what he has not said, at least publicly, which he's saying everything else publicly, so why not? He has not said that he appreciates Jerry Jones for doing what he did and making his career what it is. And that's that's the problem. This guy was free-falling in the draft. He wasn't going – I mean, who was going to take him? Second round, whatever the Cowboys finally did, put number 94 on his back, believed in him, did all that stuff, stood by him through all of these things, and then to come back and and – I mean, if any other team had drafted him later, third, fourth round, he'd have been out of the league so fast with all those suspensions. Cowboys stuck by him, gave him some financial uh, help, and even though he says that's not true, they did because they gave him an extension while he was suspended, which is unheard of. And so to do all of those things and then to have your people in the media that that you giving information to say that it came down to first strike, third strike, second strike, that's a bunch of crap when he's played through – nine innings of strikes his whole career and to not say you know what go go to another team that's fine if you want a fresh start go go do that but to 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 kind of make it spin like the cowboys were doing shady things and all that kind of stuff and building a reason of why you left you left because you wanted to go somewhere else which is fine but don't don't put the cowboys in the spot where they that they, they, they did him wrong the video thing, they're the reason he's even getting that money. I think I just think it was – I lost all respect for him and some of the things that he's done. That's just my, th- my opinion. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, too, is I think somehow we've, we've – at least I'll speak for myself. Somehow I'd made up in my mind that he was maybe even a better player than he showed while he was here. I mean, at the end of the day, the results still were the results last year. It was six sacks. That's not a great season for a defensive end, a starting defensive end. That's the caliber of a guy that gets that kind of money. Um, and don't get me wrong, I would have loved to have Randy Gregory yeah. back here because I would have loved to see what he could do in a second year with Dan Quinn. Can he build on that? Can he make it into more? But his career so far has not shown that he is that level of guy, like the, that top level of, of defensive end. And I do think there was a, sub, a substantial amount of risk in that that you get into this deal and this becomes one of those deals that people, again, look at and they're like, man, why are they giving him that much money? Because the production doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so good luck to him. We'll see what he does in Denver. Uh, but I do think it's one of those things where, at least for the way I think Cowboys fans should be approaching this, is you, you didn't lose Reggie White here. You lost a guy that you thought hmm. maybe had some ability and potential he has not shown consistently that he can deliver that when it comes to the games and 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 consistently do that for a season. I thought I did a good job of explaining that I wasn't saying that. I'm Nobody was saying pointing that at you. That wasn't pointed at you. Okay. I'm just saying it's in general. Not at you. Yeah, okay. that wasn't pointed at you. It's just in general. This yeah. is just the. I mean, thoughts about Randy. Is yeah, all we, it is. we got on there last week and it seriously was like we didn't know what to think because we were told that he was maybe trying to come back or whatever because it was all kind of weird. But after everything that's happened here in this last few days. I mean, I just I, and I, and I agree with you. I mean, freakishly, like he can be that guy. Like, like that that interception against the uh, Washington. I mean, that was one of the greatest plays I've seen from any defensive player. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing, yeah. and he can do that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, you throw it all in there too. Like he, I don't know if he could, if he changes the game. I mean, he's changed a few games, but not always in the good way. I mean, he's had some penalties as well. So you're dealing with everything. You th- you throw it all in. 
In this particular case, I would take Fowler and Armstrong over him because he you have to rotate them anyways. You rotate them. He's going to miss some games. He gets hurt a little bit. In this case, I would take those two guys coached by Quinn over Gregory for a way cheaper price. I think, like, quarterback and edge rusher, I'll take the freak every time. And it sounds dumb to say because Fowler was a top-five pick. He's got 35 career sacks. He's had an eight-sack season, and then the big one was the 11-and-a-half when he was playing with Donald in L.A. The potential's there, but... Uh, give me, give me the, again. Give me the guy with that freakish. Jerry Jones always calls it Gumby. Give me the guy that can get like parallel to the ground, like Micah does, getting around the corner and has that potential. And it's not just about sacks, by the way. Pressures yeah. matter. Moving the guy off his spot matters. Stripping the ball. Um, give me like three of those guys, which you would have had with Randy, and then I'll fill in the back end. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out, and I like I said, like I don't think they are substantially worse with what they've done like Fowler Armstrong and and Tank is is manageable especially when you consider that that Mike is going to play a role in that as well um so like I said I I feel I feel fine about where they are I don't think they're better I don't know if they're substantially worse either is there a particular area of this defense that you guys look at and say they still need help here like this is still potentially a problem for them from a pure numbers standpoint, they need linebackers again. Like I just don't think they have enough to get through a season with what they've got, with or without Luke Gifford. <laughs> yes, just yes, with or without <laughs> Gifford. Uh, I think they need bodies at linebacker. I would love to get an extra talented body at end, pr- probably through the draft at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody made the point. Like this is probably the first time in my career covering the Cowboys where I'm just like, yeah, the back end's probably fine if they don't do anything the to it. Are good. I know, like, it's kind of crazy, right? I I mean, again, like you can always improve it. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Derek Stingley could fall to you in the first round of the draft. And what are your thoughts on Derek Stingley? Because I don't want to get too far into the draft conversation, but I've heard multiple like different variations, and some are like, man, I still believe in his, his ability, and others that are like, man, I don't know, this could be a bust. Yeah, I've player. seen a fight on the air because of him. Oh, really? I think he's the most polarizing prospect in the entire draft, honestly, because I, he has the talent of a Patrick Peterson. Like, he has that just fluid, natural ability. He's got injury concerns, and honestly, as somebody who watched his entire career in college, I wonder about the buy-in. Like, I wonder if he's mm-hmm. got the mental makeup to it, be dedicated when the season's not going that well. It seemed to me, and, and this is similar to Clowney, that when you're a star as a freshman, SEC star mm-hmm. on a great team and all that, it's like, all right, when when can, when, when can when, I go? When am I getting to the league? <laughs> right. Because when can and, I go? And, and you and and, and and there's very much so, but then it's also like, oh, you were having a lot of fun when there were first round picks all over your defense. Yeah. It's not so fun right now, right. is it? Mm-hmm. You don't, are you going to be as dedicated as you were when you're the guy and you're three and two instead of five and zero? Oh? I mean, yeah. and that the NFL is all about that. So and there's 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 a few guys like that every once in a while where it's like, okay, you are ready. But the other 75 that have good freshman years are not. So, the, you know, this the rule I think is fine. But, you know, Maurice Claret, I remember way back then, he was like, I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to go. Um, you know, and, and Clowney, and who, who was. But uh, Clowney's been a freak since high school. Yeah, like, right. I mean, I'm just saying. It, but he's just a different beast, I think man. I think the talent is still there for Stingley. But it's, it, I would run to the podium to draft him at 24 if he were to fall that far. Even all the things reason. you yes. know of him as like watching he, him every game. If a guy with that type of talent, and as far as I'm aware, there's no – 
there's no off-field concerns in the sense of like, is he a bad guy? It's right. all just like football character injuries. Is he mentally always all, yeah. all in? Yeah. If he were, if a guy with that type of talent were to be there, don't even ask a question about it. If it bites you in the ass, it bites you in the ass. But the the prospect of drafting Patrick Peterson twenty fourth overall is like way too enticing to pass up. And I mean that that's kind of thing too. Like I'm like, if he's got that much talent, like I feel like going back to what you were saying, Nick, a lot of that mental stuff may just be because he's frankly bored. Like his freshman year was so great. And then you got COVID, and then half the players aren't playing. And totally. then you're And you're thinking all along, I'm just trying to get to the league at this point. I mm-hmm. put it on tape. I'm trying to get to the league. It could be that. And immaturity will make you do those kinds of things when you're young, you're immature, and you're looking at things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, that's an immaturity issue, in my opinion, we not picked, necessarily just a, a mental issue. We picked all of the COVID opt-outs apart during the draft cycle last year for not wanting to play that season. And, like, all of them were badasses once they got drafted. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yep. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk a little about the offensive side of the ball. I don't know that we have the same opinions there that uh, that this defense said that maybe it's comparable. I think there have been a lot more hits there and, and some areas that are big target areas. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys Way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys Way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT AT&T... Everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone. Even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. Essler Lens is going to let you watch every exciting play or body slam if you're going to watch WrestleMania there, April 2nd, April 3rd. Uh, Essler experts, though, will find you the perfect lens. You can see more, do more, Essler. 
Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's move to the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line still remains, I think, the big glaring weakness for this team. It was a problem last year, and they've only lost pieces. Uh, whether you, you know, you can argue whether those were pieces that were significant or not. The fact is, they still lost bodies, and they really haven't added anything back to offset that. That being said, uh, do you think this is something that the Cowboys? Uh, thinking of what's left in free agency that they can address in free agency, or do you think this has to be pretty much the draft, and they got to look at the draft for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these positions, a lot of these holes? There's n- uh, yeah, yeah, there's no way they can be done. It would it would fly in the face of their usual strategy. They haven't done anything about left guard. Mm-hmm. Don't try to sell me on Connor McGovern because you benched him last year, uh, and they don't have a swing tackle mm-hmm. i mean like it would be very out of character like there josh ball who did not look ready for the nfl before he got hurt and that's probably why he didn't come back last year there, you're not leaning on him and you're certainly not going to go into the draft with the entire league circling the fact that you don't have a left guard or a swing tackle so at the very least i would imagine they're going to do something about that yeah because because they don't want, like you just said last segment, that they don't want the Daryl Stingleys of the world to be dropping. And then you're like, dang, I can't take that guy. I wish we could, but we got to take the guard. You know, we got to take the center or whatever because we don't have anyone. They're not going to do that. They're going to cover themselves the best that they can. That still doesn't mean they still could have holes, but they're they're gonna they're gonna put band aids on all of the positions going into the draft. Think of how everything played last year. If you look at all three of the positions, center, left guard, and then swing tackle, where do you think there's the biggest need for concern, Amber? Biggest need? I mean, swing tackle and and guard to me is kind of both equally pretty close to each other. I mean, the other one would be center that's kind of – you can deal with it a little bit better, but obviously still need to improve there as well. But I don't think I can pick out one of the two of twin tackle and, and guard. This is it's such a big problem right now because you you guys just talked about signing a guy biking themselves up, but you gotta bring someone that's actually good. Like, you can't just sign anybody just to have a body. You need someone that can actually be good because whoever you draft in the uh, – whoever you draft in the draft – I'm like, oh, God, I'm messing up. My- draft? <laughs> yeah, sorry. But whoever you get in the draft, it ha- you, you're you not certain either that that guy is going to be able to give you what you need at the level that you needed the, their first year. And we saw how much Dak struggled. He needed the protection. We saw clearly how much the running game struggled, and Zeke and Tony Pollard need the help too. So it's just in all three positions. The only one that I would be kind of left kind of behind would be center. But other than that, you you have to get someone with experience there. It's a cop-out, but I will just say left guard for the time being because they don't have somebody. Don't have I don't – like, I would not want to go into the season with Connor McGovern. Matt Farniak's never done anything in a real NFL game. Um, you know, we – I've been saying this for a while. We we hate on Tyler Biotish because we got used to watching Travis Frederick for so long. Like, if Tyler is the starting center week one – I'll, that's fine as long as the left guard is much better than him. You know, like if you draft mm-hmm. a first round pick to play left guard or 
something like that, and, and you've got a guy that you can kind of count on to hold his own, I can live with that. I can't live with the options of that are available at left guard right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird situation when you let the guy leave because you didn't want him as left guard, and, he, and he, he's making $7 million a year. So he's the guy that you're like, okay, we don't want him. You certainly don't want to pay a guy seven million a year at, at guard, so like it's kind of a tough dilemma. You, that it has to be a draft. Well, let me ask you this: is is that a question of of money, or they just didn't want to pay him seven million? Like, if there's another guy out there that they could do a veteran guard that they're like, this is a good player, and they could get him for a one year deal for seven million, you think they wouldn't want to do that? No, I mean, I. That, but that's the thing: is he going to be better than Connor Williams? Is he because he knows what Connor Williams is making? That's the, that's what happened with Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith was about to sign for about eight and a half million somewhere, and then they were like, "Time out." Randy's getting fourteen. This guy's getting <laughs> yeah. twenty, eighteen. You know, like no, no, no. And I and so it's going to be tough to say, "All right, you want me to be better than than the Connor Williams who's making seven million a year?" I mean, so you got to get creative with the cap, and that's that's something that's tough to do. No, and, and to be clear. I do. I think they'll. I think they will sign a swing tackle and a guard. Is it going to be somebody that's going to knock your socks off? No. Oh. All those guys are gone. Ty and Secchi type. You're going to sitting there like, okay, I, he played pretty well in 2018, but he kind of <laughs> dropped off. But he was useful for these guys last year. Like that's what they do, yeah. and that's what this will be. All too. the well, charges the are dropped. It's like at some point oh, you got to change what <laughs> you're good. doing. At some point you got to well, not break the bank, but. You gotta be able to pay somebody that's not in your own free agency list. So they work upstairs. You don't have to tell us. They work upstairs. <laughs> who, just, who has Phil been coached like three years ago that was pretty good that he coached somewhere? Like, I, 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 are you referring to somebody no. specifically? I, I mean, is there one? I don't know. I'm looking at the and like I can hear Trey Turner's out there. He's not who he used to be, but like I think he could step in and be serviceable. I think he's mainly been a right guard, not a left. Um, Ethan Posick, another guy, he had a very up and down career in Seattle, but it could at least be a placeholder. I bet I can hear people grimacing at Will Hernandez, the, the old Giants guard. Yeah. Um, I can really hear people grimacing at Eric, Eric Flowers. Flowers. I was yeah. waiting for that one, yeah. yeah. But, that, I mean, that's what you're left with 10 days but into that's, free that's agency. That's also why I threw the center out there, because there's a really good center that's sitting out Treader. there. Treader? Yeah. And, and so do you think by getting somebody like that, now you can afford to have a, a left guard that maybe isn't as great, sure. but because you got a really nice – Right guard, you feel good about your right tackle, and you feel good about your left tackle. Maybe left guard just becomes your weak link that you just gotta work with. Right? A rookie, I mean, I would love to put. You have a veteran center that was good, yeah. and you have Tyron over here. I'd like to put a rookie guard in there. Yeah, to say, yeah. All right, figure it I would out. Love, I would love that. And I, I, I know that's probably not likely, yeah, but I'm I, just saying, like but, that's. But the the older you get, like the hard, like once you've had a few NFL contracts, it gets very hard to predict your market. Yeah. Like JC Treader can do whatever the hell he wants to. You know, he's not he's he might not just jump at the best deal. He might at this point in your career, you're like, want to go somewhere where I can be successful. The money's got to be a respectable offer. But this, that, and the other. That's why Bobby Wagner's still great. He is going to wait for the exact right opportunity. He doesn't have to. He's not going to be pigeonholed into something he doesn't want to do. JC Treader is probably very similar. So. Yeah. I can't even confidently predict what those type of guys might be worth. Yeah. Well, All right. Go ahead. Real quick, I'm, I was just thinking, I'm like, who are our tackles right now? And I'm, I mean, we're just counting too on Tyron Smith 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Being available yeah. the whole freaking season. Well, that's why swing tackle is so important. And when I threw it out there, I, I was hopful that you guys weren't going to just kind of poo poo no, that because he, that guy's going to start. That guy's going to play. Yeah, he's going to yeah. play this year. Jeff, if history is any indicator, Jeff Kavanaugh made a joke yesterday about the swing tackle situation. He was like, "Well, I guess if if your left tackle hurts his knee in the first quarter and your right tackle hurts his ankle in the third quarter, then maybe you're doing this." And I was like, "You realize that happens here all the time." <laughs> Several times in the last like two years, they've been down to like their fourth tackle in a game. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. And they're like people act like this is a new people are like, when are they finally going to address tackle? I'm like, we've been talking about this for years. Like this has been especially in the draft, like we've been considering tackle prospects for at least three years at this point. Maybe this will be the year. I don't know. They may have to I think honestly they have to at this point just because uh, for the rest of his career. Tyron Smith is going to need a reliable backup because you just if in, again you have to look at history and history says he's not going to make it a full seventeen game. And I'm not, I don't think it's as easy as like moving Terrence Steele over to left tackle if that right. were to happen. Like, yeah, more so than maybe ever because having the safety blanket of Lyell there for a few years was really nice. But yeah, I mean you got to have an above average third tackle for this team. I think. All right, um, let's talk about the wide receiver position. How, how does that fall in your lo- level of priority? When you look at the offensive line, we all think the offensive line is a problem. We know they've got some holes there. Where does line, wide receiver line up with that? Is it more important? Is it about the same, or is it less? Firmly 1B. I, Firmly. I, I, can, I, I consider it a, a, a problem that needs to be addressed, but not as badly as the offensive line. And I, I really think if you were making me predict right now what they're going to do with pick 24 – whatever offensive lineman or wide receiver they feel better about. And if I had to guess, they would go offensive line, A, because it's a bigger need, B, because there's a lot of really great receivers in this draft. But those are the two biggest needs on this entire roster, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they they obviously, you know, I mean, with with Amari gone and then they're sliding CD up, obviously he's going to be the guy. But, um, you know, I just think that that – I know you you disagree, but I think James Washington is going to be similar to Cedric Wilson. I, I think that's a similar type of player right there, and and I think that Cedric had a chance to do a lot with with some injuries that opened the door for him, and that didn't really happen for James Washington. But when he was at Pittsburgh, his second year, he did have mm-hmm. those numbers. So the numbers are pretty comparable. Um, you know, obviously that's a that's a you know he's he's excited to be back, and and he wanted to be here and. Of course, I know people from his hometown. My wife's from his hometown, and everyone's excited about that. And he's excited to re- to rekindle that and, and be that guy. I don't think he's going to be Amari Cooper, but I think he can be that third, maybe fourth receiver that could be a really good player. Well, I do agree with you on that. What where where you and I, I think you and I disagreed was you thought that uh, Amari they really haven't found a replacement for Amari. And and what I was saying was I think that's I think they've replaced him or at least in their mind they think they've replaced him with CD. Okay, stop. Whether, Who's replacing CD then? Well, that's what I was saying. <laughs> I think everybody slid up. I think he went up to one. I think Gallup went up to two. The question is, can James Washington be a three or is he really more of a four like Cedric? Mm-hmm. That's where I think you got to replace. But I don't think they have. I don't think if you look at just uh, Amari's role again. In their minds. We don't know if that's going to play out. We don't know if CD's actually going to be that. We know CD was their number one receiver last year statistically in most every category. But we don't know if without having Amari on the field, if that's going to be the same thing. And and the point I made to you earlier also is 
there weren't a lot of games last year where you had all three of those guys playing. Right. The majority season, you did not. So you can't even say that, well, they don't have all three. Well, they didn't have all three most of last year either. Um, and so the question just becomes, is James Washington, which I think he might be, is he good enough to be your third wide receiver? And if he is, or if you go out and draft a guy in the first or second round that can come and be your third wide receiver, I think you, you I feel pretty good that the wide receiver core can, will not be the problem. Yeah. Like it may not you can question whether they'll be as good as that other one as that other uh, wide, re- wide receiver group, but I don't think you can question that they will, won't be the problem. There'll yeah. be other things that will be problems for this team way before you get to wide receiver. I don't want to play that game where I'm hoping that that can be true. Like but that's the NFL. Because you're going to lose guys every year. Sure, so you do the hoping game every year. Throw numbers at the problem and say, I feel a hell of a lot better about Chris Olave or George Pickens yeah. picking this receiver core up than hoping that a guy who's done it sort of once. James Washington's best season, he had fewer catches than Cedric had last year. Just to catches. give you, yes, catches, yes. not yards, yes. But a comp- I'm, Cedric had like six four. I thought that year that that 2019 for James Washington was comparable to Cedric's numbers right. last and, year. And that's what I'm saying. It was Cedric, a similar yeah, season, yeah, same season. But Cedric is the fourth receiver on this team, right. right? He was four until there was an injury, so he the fourth needs to slide into the third, which is what you're saying. What, what I'm saying is it's one or the other. Either James needs to step up and become that third wide receiver, or you need to draft somebody that can become that third wide receiver. And I if guess, either of those two things happen, in my opinion, you're you're back to a good wide receiver. And don't form. forget, Michael Gallup has a really good chance of starting the season on pup. Got it. So that means all this talk about being a third, fourth. I mean, it's actually two. <laughs> it, it, there's a chance that or maybe draft, a week or two. Yeah, you draft a receiver, and he, him, and James are going to be two and three behind CD. So I don't want to be at the golf tournament in late May, listening to the front office talk about, yeah, it just didn't work out with a receiver in the draft. But like, we feel good about James, and we got some young guys here. That doesn't make me feel good. Brandon no. Smith and Osiris Mitchell, like they're they're chomping at the bit to show you what they can do, and like we feel no. I've done that, Simi. and they traded for Amari Cooper right. six months later. Right. Semi Fahoko. Sure, cool. Throw they need, him in they there. need a, they need a first, second, or third round pick at wide receiver, in my opinion, in order yes. to make this thing work. Yes. All right, we agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as they do that, that's a, James Washington. Get in there. Show me what you can do, and hopefully you exceed my expectations. But I'm sick of this thing where we're counting on that. Like. Jeff Heath's never done this, but we think he can be a great starting say. Yeah, no, and I'm not. I'm not really. Honestly, that's not the the argument I'm making. James Washington. I don't expect him to be your two. I expect James Washington to be the three or the four. But again, and I think you need that draft pick in there. What do we expect versus what do they do? True. That's my point. True. So. Uh, I hope that they agree with are us. We, are we not going to talk about that? They've re-signed Sprinkle. Have they finally done that? Yeah, they just re-signed him. Why are we the, talking about that? Because he's because we're up to date. This is current news. This is current that stuff just that's happening. Yeah, they signed him. He's agreed to terms for a while, but they just hey. signed the deal. I was about to say, I thought that happened a while back. No, no. It no. got snagged up. He yeah. was holding up. He you, was like, wait, hold on. I, I need to think about this. <laughs> yeah. You laugh, but that, I mean, that is a position that needs numbers. Dalton Schultz is great. But I'm not trying to sell anybody that Jeremy Sprinkle is awesome. I straight up mean they need guys they that don't can just need numbers. get they, on the they football need, field. They need a blocker. Like, they need a blocker, I think, in the worst way at the tight end position. Somebody go call Mercedes Lewis. Otherwise, I, I mean... Is there nobody in the draft? Come on, draft guy, give me a guy. Do you you watch college football? Man, who does that? Tight ends don't, don't block anymore. That's not a thing. And if they do, they're gonna make him a left tackle. 
Yeah. I can uh, find you like six guys that can be Dalton Schultz. But nobody that can be no. a blocker. I mean, sure, you can develop into that. But like the, I have not come across a tight end that's just like, oh, he, he doesn't do much in the pass game. But he'll run like three guys out of the play if he's out there. I haven't heard his name. Mm. Please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Feel free. Mm. All right, well, in the show on a downer. Thanks. Sorry, that's what I do. That's what I do. Speaking of downers, I'm just sitting here putting up the the Jeremy Sprinkle story mm-hmm. on the Spanish side, and I'm just listening to you guys. And I feel I don't mean to be a downer too, but I feel terrible about this offense right now. <laughs> I really do. I mean, you guys went through the offensive line, we went through the wide receiver position, and now you started talking about tight end. And nothing in any of those areas make me feel very good coming as we stand here right now. And even if they address things through the draft, I'm always hesitant because I don't know. Like, I want to see it on the field. Let's see how these rookies come in and step up. It's very hard to do something like Micah Parsons have done. And people do it every year. But it's hard to get guys like that that can step up right away. And right now, the offense... It's just, I, I don't. It's hard. It's hard for me to picture them being better in 2022 offensively. Yeah, yeah, mm. I agree. It just that. is uh, because the, going into the off season, there was one thing that I thought was the biggest priority for this team to fix, and that was the offensive line. And that's the area that they've lost and haven't added anything back. Like there are other areas where you might have lost something, but you added something. Like that's the area they haven't gained anything. They've gained no ground. They've actually regressed from the standpoint of just bodies. So. I, I don't feel good at all about that, about the offense. And I think that's where the offense starts and ends is how good is your offensive line. I guarantee we'll be sitting here in a week and we'll have a better feeling about it. I, good. This free agency, this is what they're, they're still going to do stuff. They're still going to – and they're going to get guys. And, and and even if you're like, well, who's out there? This, this Who who are they going to keep? Give me a Kyle Kozar type guy. Like I'm, right. That's all I'm looking for right now is a guy just, that's just, steady. A yeah. guy that's steady. Yeah, and another thing that you got to factor in on the defense side too is, is when you look at, you know, okay, they they lost Randy, they got these two guys. I mean, do we think Michael Parsons is going to be the same player he was last year? I mean, I, I hope he's better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, I think Trayvon. I mean, they're going to be. He's going to be a better player. Well, the flip side of that coin is Leighton Vanderush. I mean, true. you always hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you true. always hope. I don't take anything for granted. I hope Mike is a better player, but I, you can't. I always say it's not Madden. You don't automatically jump six spots. You don't go from eighty to eighty-six automatically. Yeah. Some players go up and down. Some just go down. Some oh, go up. At the end of two thousand eighteen, I was convinced. I'll take my chances. We had the next. Chances, next, we we had the next uh, you're right. We had the next Luke Keekley is what I thought. Like I was like, like we, yeah, I was yeah. like, I was sure he was going to be the truth, and it didn't work out no. like that. Like you're right. It just. Everything is always it's a brand new season and you just don't know where it's going to go from there. I want to be I I want to be clear. I I'm with Nick like I I'm not betting against Micah, but I just don't just don't assume anything in this yeah. stupid league. But yeah. but again, like like we're we're doing this podcast what we do on Wednesdays and all that, but we're not we're not done with free agency. Obviously the draft and that's why offensive line is so important I think mm-hmm. in the draft. The guy that I want, I don't even know what his name is, but his position needs to have a slash. That's what I want. I want a slash tackle. I mean, guard slash tackle, center slash guard. Something like that. That's what I need. I need a versatile player that is a plug-and-play. Amber said it earlier about, is he going to be ready to go? Yes, because that is the difference. When they're looking at three or four guys up there, which guy starts next week at OTA? 
that's the guy that you need. He's NFL ready because he's played at, at this Big Ten school for four years. Put him in. He's ready to go because that's what you need. You need yep. a plug-and-play guy. All right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week on Wednesday at our normal time. Till, time till then, Nick Eatman. For Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!